welcome to Running is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 80, and coming up we have Running Karma, More Wind Chat, No Dogs at Park Run, Nats, and Telling Women How to Behave. Speaking of telling women how to behave, Amy, why is this episode late? <laughs> oh, I haven't behaved. Uh, I, I, we posted a video about it, so if, you, if you're on our social medias, you've probably seen why. So uh, I was meant to be doing a race this weekend, just gone, and stayed in a lovely Airbnb, which had a lovely like wood burner, hot tub situation outside. The thing is, when you're in a hot tub and you're talking to people, you have to like shout above, above the bubbles. So I spent a lot of time in this hot tub just shouting, just shouting really personal things as well, because, you know, I, I don't even drink, you know, but when you're in that sort of, you know, went away with some friends, when you're sat in a hot tub, it's like a little circle of truth. Um, so <laughs> you sort of just start talking about your life and your personal things. Um, and we were staying in this sort of, it was, it was very much in the countryside, but there were other lodges nearby with other runners. So if you were also running right around the lakes and staying in that area, you may have heard me just shout about my personal life. Just because cool. inside the hot tub, it's, it's quite loud. Outside the hot tub, you can just hear everything. Um, so yeah, so I, I totally lost my voice from just shouting <laughs> all weekend because I'm quite mild mannered. I don't usually shout. I'm not used to that sort of thing. Um, but it was to the extent where Monday I couldn't go into work because my work involves a lot of speaking, public speaking, um, and I couldn't right, really? do it because I pretty much lost my it's voice. It's a big surprise. Yeah, yeah. I know. So uh, party too hard, lost my voice, couldn't do the you podcast. Just, you spent three hours in a in a hot tub and that was why you couldn't record You know the what as well? Like, you know how so hot tubs have that thing where after a certain amount of time they turn the bubbles off and stuff and it's like, right, you need to get yeah. out. There's like recommended time for hot tub. You just like fuck it and turn the bu- bubbles back on, don't you? you just it's like that when cook. Netflix judges you. Like, are you yeah. still watching? Seriously? Yeah, you still sat here getting more and more dehydrated, which is exactly what I did. You haven't pressed a button in four hours. Is yeah. everything okay? <laughs> I felt I, I felt properly hung over the next day because it was like not only had I been shouting the whole time, but I just got so dehydrated <laughs> from being in a hot tub. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's why there wasn't an episode. I just partied too hard. That was it. <laughs> Your life of luxury. I it's just starting to disrupt everything else now. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, a shout out to Danny Norman, who very usefully pointed out as when we after we posted a video last week of a little bit of our conversation, pointed out one of the reasons why your microphone might be a bit quiet is because for the last year or so it's been backwards. <laughs> You've been speaking into the wrong fucking oh. side of it all this time. I bought you a lovely microphone, and okay. you've been talking into the wrong side of it. Can I just say to people, I did A level music tech. Now, I failed it. I got like an E, but I did it. Hey, no, E's a pass. Oh, a pa- okay, I passed it. I, I, passed it. I got I one got... for economics and it's a pass. I got an E. Now, I can remember when doing A-level music tech, these diagrams of microphones. And I thought the one I've got here is, what is it called? Bidirectional or something where it's like a heart shape in terms of the sound it captures. So it should be able to capture both sides. I thought that was the situation with this Cardioid. microphone. Cardioid. Of course, a heart shape. Cardioid. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, but it's a heart shape facing towards you. Oh, my God. This is why I, this is why I got an E in. This is why you got an E. Because <laughs> you did that diagram wrong, clearly. Yeah, I, I think I did the diagram wrong. So I was I was under the uh, impression that it didn't matter what which way my microphone faced because I thought it was capturing sound on both sides. But now I know that's not the case. I hope this makes things easier for me. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. And hope people can hear you in their car now. Yeah. While they're driving down the motorway listening to us. <laughs> and before we get into this week's episode, um, just the, the early complaint section I like to throw in here. So it's a very, very niche thing. Almost certainly a this might just be me thing. And it's on the run I did a couple of weeks ago. Basically, it's I ran along a road that I thought I looked on the map. I thought, oh, this is a new road. I've never run down here before. Afterwards, I looked at my City Strides life map as I want to do because I'm that kind of person. And I realized I'd run down that road twice before. And it really, really annoyed me that I couldn't remember it. Mm. That's it. Uh, but it was like seven and eight years ago when I ran down here. But usually if I've run down a street or if I've done, you know, a park run course or a race, I can I can always remember at least a little part of that street. And I couldn't remember any of it. I can't even remember running in that area seven, eight years ago. And it just really annoyed me that I couldn't remember. And that's a really mm. stupid thing to be annoyed about. That's quite spooky. Because, yeah, I feel like I remember, even if I don't actively remember, if I'm there again, I would remember having been in that place before. 
So. Yeah, it's a really nice area. It was a, it was a, a, it was called Mill Road, and there was the old mill. You can see the like the old mill race, and there was a nice little hill. And on the hill now, there was a, a tree that's obviously um, fallen down or been chopped down. And they've um, carved it into an owl, which is lovely. Oh, you, you think you definitely remember? Sort of I don't think that was there then. I'm pretty sure I remember uh, that. That's probably why. I didn't take a photo because I didn't do that kind of thing either. Um, but yeah, it just that little thing. It just I ran somewhere that I'd run before, and I hadn't remembered that I'd run it before. Mm. Spooky. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. I mean, it's seven or eight years ago. There's no reason I should remember it. It's a lifetime ago. Anyway, anyway, last episode. Uh, Rian Evans at Love to Hate to Run said, 100% with Stuart on finding running in the wind funny. Saturday's badly timed run found me absolutely pissing myself laughing, running uncontrollably fast up Swansea's high street while shrieking, Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm certain she's not the first to do. I mean, that's most Friday and Saturday nights, probably every night in Swansea High Street, to be honest. Yeah, running to get out of Swansea, probably. Well, just a lot of people pissing themselves and pissing on on Swansea High Street and sh- and shrieking and running yep. in all of those in all those ways. It happens a lot around there. Definitely. And thanks to all those that commented to agree about getting angry with the wind. I don't feel as crazy now, <laughs> or, or like I need anger management. <laughs> Yeah, there was a surprising number of people who agreed with you, which always worries me. Mm. Uh, Hugh Phillips picked up on my comment and asked, tailwinds are a myth. Are you a wind denier? Look, I'm just saying, have you ever seen a tailwind? No. No. That's it. No. Doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever seen the earth? Do we know it's round? No. No. Exactly. (laughs) Have you ever seen gravity? No. To be fair, haven't seen gravity. No. Exactly. Mm. Anyway, uh, replying to the video we posted about Amy's wind anger, Claire DFF said that we don't look like our voices, which may or may not be a compliment. Yeah, I'm so I'm wondering now, what do people imagine when they hear our voices? Like, draw us a picture. <laughs> I mean, I assume they're on on our social media and they see us. Yeah. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you be on social media? What else are you doing with your life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we also talked about carrying dog poo last time, and at Eden Cottage tweeted to say, "Just listening to the latest episode, and I can highly recommend these for dog poo carrying on a walk or run." And then the URL is dickybag.com, <laughs> which is quite suspect. I don't know if everyone clicked on that yet. <laughs> I'm I'm unsure whether to do so. Uh, maybe but... open it in a private browser or something. Okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay, yeah, you know it is just a uh, a dog poo. Oh, it was one of those like little kind of uh, zip up uh, dog poo containers you can put on your belt. What like is is something you put the bag inside of? Yes. I feel like that's a disaster waiting to happen. I really do. Because you'd forget about it. Uh, it that or like somehow the bag inside the bag would break and I get all shit in it and it's just I don't like it. Yeah, stick to what you know. Yeah. And we also had a lovely essay from Steph Alls on the Instagram who said she also gets angry at the wind. She shouts at cyclists with the bright lights and is considering a silicon wedding ring as she's a nurse and has previously helped sift through a clinical waste bin looking for a colleague's ring. I mean, you could probably just go to a jeweler's and spends her non-nursing time lifting, swimming and digging in the garden. So a silicon ring is actually a good option for her. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, like, if you've got that sort of job, you're doing that stuff all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not saying, like, the silicon ring in itself is a bad idea. What I find disturbing is if you're changing into a silicon ring just to go to the gym for an hour. Like, that's weird. <laughs> so, before we get into the rest of the episode, it's tea time. And I just played that new sting to Holly and she just pulled a face and said, that's horrible, which means it's perfect, especially in headphones. Uh, Thanks to everyone who purchased their Bird and Blend tea via our links on runningisbs.com forward slash tea. Unfortunately, Amy's mince pie tea is no longer available because it's kind of a Christmas thing. But her backup recommendation, Chocolate Digestive, still outsold my Cocoa Chai number five. And a shout out to whoever bought a tea infuser and five types of tea. That is hardcore. Um, just by the way, that is all we see. All we see is the stuff that you've purchased. We see no other personal information, name, address, or anything like that. Um, so anyway, Amy, what are you drinking this episode? Well, unfortunately today I'm drinking another tea that isn't currently available on the uh, on the Burn and Blend website. 
and it's hot cross bun and it's from my tea subscription which is for march mm. and I, they've sent me when you get a tea subscription it's really great because obviously you get three different types of teas i think i mentioned it last time but they also send you a little postcard with like art on it which is quite nice relating to that month so on valentine's day i got like a oh, little valentine's day postcard so that's really nice um but this one is about easter now i thought easter was in april this year so i think it's like i'll take it i'm, yeah. I'm eating chris i'm eating easter chocolate already oh so. uh, oh yeah i'm going to the shops and buying a one pound easter egg every time i go absolutely um so i'm hoping that the hot cross bun may be available a bit closer to actual easter i don't know or just send burn and blend lots of emails saying we want hot cross bun uh, mm-hmm. but yeah it's really nice it's um it's kind of smoky it reminds me a bit of the uh bonfire a toffee one but with a bit of sweetness in there as well and this is another one i don't like hot cross buns just like i don't like mince pies but the tea is absolutely amazing so it's like smoky and sweet it's really nice nice uh well you've mentioned mine My, mine is bonfire toffee that i'm going for at the moment it's not very seasonal it's kind of a bit more autumnal really being bonfire uh it's kind of a smoky black tea with apple and caramel oh very tasty you know what i love that because i drink it even in the summer and it just reminds me of of like cozy autumn nights i love it it's only a little bit smoky not like really strong some of them smoky teas can be really really strong this is just a nice little bit and a nice little bit of sweetness as well but that's the really nice thing about bird and blend is that none of the flavors they add together are overwhelming usually it's like always the perfect mix so you're never like scrunching your face up like oh gosh that's a strong bit of orange or whatever it's always like a really nice mix yeah, we're such suck-ups, aren't we? Oh, I know. You know what? I'd be saying this stuff, even if they weren't giving us an affiliate link. I'd still be yeah. saying this stuff because I just love them. Probably should have mentioned that at the beginning. If you happen to miss last time, we now do have affiliate links with Bird and Blend. So head to runningisbs.com forward slash tea. Buy your tea through those links, please. That would be lovely. Thank you very much. On to this week's bullshit. Amy, what was your bullshit this week? Well... I went on and on about how I was going to do this raid around the lakes and how that was Oh, my... fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah you've been going yeah. on about this all year. Right, here we go. Good comprehensive race report, please. Yes, so this was the race that I spoke about multiple times on the podcast because it was the only thing I had coming up. Um, and I didn't do the race. I didn't do it. Uh... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we went to Raider. Um, we stayed in a lovely Airbnb, like I just said. Went with a couple of friends. Shout out again to Jen Harding. Got to mention her every episode. She was actually listening to the last podcast. And there was a moment in the last podcast where I nearly mentioned her and I couldn't remember why. And then in my head, I was like, I'm talking about Jen too much. I'm not going to keep putting her in the spotlight. And then she said to me, she like, we went on a run like the day after listening to the podcast. She's like, you didn't mention me on the podcast. (laughs) So here's Jen's mention. So, um... Uh, we we went to this lovely Airbnb and we took our dogs with us. We took uh, our two, Pippin and Finley, and also Jen's dog, Rain. And just unfortunately, I think uh, Rain was just a bit stressed out by the situation. So she was really unsettled and wasn't quite getting on with R2 or settling with R2, which they have met before and got on together absolutely fine. I think it's just that different environment um, with different people there as well. So in the end, it just didn't... We've, because we're both mm. like quite fairly slow runners, I'm sure Jen won't mind me saying that, um, you know, to do the race, we'd be taking like four plus hours. And then by the time you've done all the bits around it, it's five plus hours. And it just didn't feel fair to leave the dogs in the Airbnb for that long and also perhaps not safe either. So we sacked the race Mm -hmm. on the head. I thought, forget that. At the end of the day, if I'm going to be running a race, stressing out about something or worrying about something, all of that, it's not worth doing. It's like, what's the point? I'm already hurting. I'm already having a bad time because it's a race. (laughs) It's hard. I don't want to be stressing about other things, you know? You're already fundamentally doing something you don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. And on top of all that, like my knee still isn't 100% after that whole bloody dog situation. And this is a hilly road race. So it's not nice trails. It's tarmac for 18 miles and lots of hills with, you know, some good downhills as well. So I was secretly relieved because of that as well. Um, So instead, we did a really hilly walk in the morning. It was one of those walks where it ended up being like, I think it was 800, 900 foot of elevation, but felt like way more than that. Mm -hmm. But that was really nice. We took the dogs and went for a run around. Um, and then in the afternoon, we did this amazing seven mile run around an, a lake, not lakes, but a lake. We went around um, the main dam. Has it got a name? I don't know. In the Elam Valley, you know, Probably, the main yeah. dam that you see all the pictures of where it's overflowing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so we did a run around there, seven miles, and it was absolutely lovely it was i i had probably a much no not probably i know i had a much nicer time than running 18 miles very hilly miles it was a lovely mix of like 
some technical trail, but some easier trail. There was not a soul on, on the mm-hmm. trails either. It was like way out the way. The weather was amazing. Like it was lovely and sunny. I will say that I went out in, t- in t-shirts and shorts and nearly got like frostbit halfway around because, okay. you know, the standard thing of not preparing for the elements and being up, up the side, you know, up in quite high elevation and all mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, it was really, really nice. I took some lovely pictures, which is yeah. always important. It did look absolutely beautiful. I mean, between yeah. like your Instagram, your two dogs' Instagram, Jen's dog's Instagram, you've got days of content out of it because it, it oh, looked yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah. And it, it sounds bad. And the race would have been great too. But going on that really hilly walk in the morning and then doing a nice like seven miler around the lake, it was mm-hmm. a really good, like it was good workout. It was good for training. And also it was just really, really nice. I think the sights we saw were a bit nicer in the, mm-hmm. the trail and stuff. I did nearly die on like a super gnarly sheep track that Jen says was, said was a shortcut. You know, when you're trail running and you can see what isn't a path, it's a sheep track. Mm-hmm. And they do these horrible, they, I don't know what's wrong with sheep. Like why they're walking <laughs> so close to the bloody edge of cliffs because they don't look like they've got they don't look like the most agile creatures why there's not a pile of them at the bottom of hills i have no idea but it was a stupid bloody sheep track and it was really windy and it was just a sheer drop it was just it wasn't too far to walk on this bit for this short for this shortcut but it was just a sheer drop so jen took me around there so that was nice uh didn't die uh yeah and it was just a really really nice weekend in the end it was just really good didn't need Lovely. to do the race came uh, and then after all that i felt like i'd earned the hot tub and <laughs> my uh general demise in the hot tub and yeah it was just really nice and it, it, we did feel quite smug because the people next door to us like i was saying were doing the the race they'd obviously booked the cabin ready for this race so i was a bit like when we were walking our dogs in the sunshine i'd be like ha, they're running up a four mile hill now <laughs> and we're just strolling with our dogs you're having a much nicer time yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, it worked out really nice. I would obviously next year. I would like to go back and do the race. The race was, I was going to say a lot of fun last year, but it wasn't a lot of fun. It was horrendous, but it was yeah. a good race. Um, but that was also a nice, a nice substitute. And then since getting back, I haven't been to the gym. I haven't been running because I've just been sat playing Elden Ring the whole time. <laughs> I don't know whether anyone games, anyone else games. If, you, if you're into your gaming, you probably know about Elden Ring, but it's insanely addictive and really hard and stuff. So I've just been sat doing that instead of actually keeping fit and healthy and doing what I'm supposed to. To keep that very brief, that just looks like a really hardcore Skyrim. From what I can it see. is that's exactly you know what that's why okay. I love it like I love Skyrim I love the Elder Scrolls games not Elder Scrolls Online though not into that but um, the Elder Scroll, Scrolls games amazing yeah it's exactly like that but it's good because it's hard like people get frustrated with it it's like running okay we'll bring this back to running people get frustrated like oh I can't do it because they're not like they're not taking it steady and leveling up it's like when people say oh I can't I tried running 5k but I can't because it's too hard it's like well you gotta do it in little increments you know build up your skill and then do it. And that's what Elden Ring's like. Running so. needs more um, unlock- unlockable achievements. Yeah, and bosses. Can you imagine going for a run and then 5k in, you've got to like, defeat a uh, boss. After like two or three months in, all of a sudden, you've got to beat this person down the end of your street or you're not allowed yeah. to run anymore. Yeah, or a cyclist comes out and shouts at you for cycli- for running in the cycle lane. You've just got to go out every day and beat that person around the yeah. park. Otherwise, you're not allowed to do anything else. Yeah, yeah. Then you pick up loot, like you pick up like a new watch or something. <laughs> well, you you mug them afterwards. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you yeah, you work. beat them when they're exhausted. Clock around the back of the head. Take their watch. Level up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on from games. I was sitting here talking about this all evening. What have you been up to, Stuart? Um, I said I was going to do a twenty mile run, and you know what? I actually did do a twenty mile run. No one what? was more surprised than I was. I did not think that was in me, but there we go. Um, I was basically planning to do just like a fairly shit run in terms of the route. I was going to do like our normal kind of short club route and then add on loads more and run all the way around Cardiff Bay and then back up to my house, which is, you know, it's fine. It's nice, but it's very flat and very dull. I've done it all before. Um, But then like the night before, I got a message from Chris uh, who reminded me, didn't you say you were going to run with me to do this weird route that I thought of? And yes, I did. I entirely forgot about it. Um... Basically, uh, what his idea was, he just wanted to run from the southernmost point of Cardiff to the northernmost point, which is, you know, why not? At this point, it's one of those things, after a while, you really need to find niches and kind of weird things to do on runs just to keep them entertaining, because I've run so much around my local area already. Um, It's only, it's about nine miles from bottom to top, um, which I obviously looked at very precisely on a map, because it's the kind of person I am. So I ran all the way down there, I ran to the 
but from, from the bottom of Cardiff to the top of Cardiff, which was up a, quite a big hill as well, and then home, and that was 20 miles, although it wasn't quite 20 miles, which come to in a minute. Um, I did laugh when I got there. Uh, there's me fully prepped. I've got, you know, on my running gear, I've got my backpack with water and tailwind, gels, some spare food, a hat, um, waterproof trousers, waterproof jacket, uh, first aid kit, which I always carry with me now as well, just in case. They've got the whistle on the bag, all of that stuff. Chris turns up in a T-shirt. Well, you're just running through Cardiff, aren't you? Like, yeah. Well, no, like it, if you need any of those things, you can like pop in a shop. <laughs> it was into the woods and the hills at the top as well. But I'm just always okay. prepared. You know, I'm in the long run. I need my food. I need my fuel. You know, you need your stuff anyway. Chris turned up in a T-shirt. He did have a mask and a card on him, he said. So if he needed to, he could buy stuff, which is, you know, to be fair, we are running in a city. But, you know, I just like to be prepared did he not have water he didn't even have any water madman oh my god jeez madman um i didn't give any of mine obviously no so we ran all the way to the top of cardiff which is up a kind of quite a big hill as well that was really nice uh, you get lovely uh, views of there across all of cardiff and right across the seven into england and then we kind of headed back down the hill and we split off and just as we split off, I ran about 2K, slowed right down because I'm not used to running at that kind of pace. And I got to 20 miles and I'd slowed down. And frankly, I just didn't want to run anymore. I thought if I can get 20 miles, that will do. 20 miles is absolutely fine. I'm coming up to a spot where there's rent bikes so I can rent myself a bike, cycle most of the way home and then walk a little bit. So I got, I did the thing that I hate myself for. I hate other people for doing it. I ran around Morrison's car park to make sure I got exactly to 20 miles. That's the normal thing to do. I hated myself for doing it. I got to the rental bike station, looked down, and the only one there was an electric bike, which I can't rent because at the other end isn't a place you're allowed to drop those off. They have to go back to a specific type of station. So I couldn't rent that bike, which means I had to walk another 2K to the next one. So after running around the stupid car park... I still had another mile or so to go to actually finish my run. But I didn't run. I just walked. Hmm. But I did 20 miles. And I'm pretty impressed with that. Yeah. So you actually did what you said you were going to do, which is something that I always find yeah. admirable. Yeah, I <laughs> did not think I had 20 miles in me. And then uh, last week on this weekend, completely shit long run. Because we were off somewhere in England. And then on the way back, I got dropped off in Newport. And I thought I'd run back to Cardiff. And as it turns out, as you may have seen in the video I put on Twitter, there isn't really a good way to run across Cardiff, east to west. I mean, Cardiff, as as much as I love Cardiff, you know, I even planned this route by just going through the map and just linking up all the green bits, basically. Any bit of green I could near a stream or through a park, I linked up. But you know what? Through that end of Cardiff, it's just shit. Mm. So, and also between Newport and Cardiff is the Gwent levels, which is just flat and country roads. It's like Newport Marathon. It's just terrain that I hate and it's really boring. And I just had a really fucking miserable time. And I got to about 12, 13 miles and I thought, nah, I'm done. I went to Tesco, bought myself a Twix, a bottle of Fanta and a Reese's peanut butter egg and ate them and walked home because I just thought I just can't be bothered. I can't, but there's no point running home on this miserable. I'm just going to walk it. Do you not get bored walking home then? Because I always think if I'm there, I want to like at least try running a bit of it. Uh, no, I had I had headphones. I had like a jacket. I had a Twix. I was all right. Mm. Fair dues. But I just, yeah. Sometimes you get to the end of a run and there's just no need to finish it, frankly. Yeah. Or start it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, just play games instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been up to. So one of the things we want to talk about in this episode Oh, it's a controversial one. Well, sort of. I mean, it's just noisy people. Dogs at Park Run. Oh. So as you may well have heard by now, from the 2nd of April, you will no longer be allowed to run with a dog at Park Run unless you're using a hand lead and the dog is by your side. Now, that news was sent out to event teams and inevitably leaked out within seconds. Uh, it was followed up by a blog from Park Run, which they still haven't actually linked to or promoted anywhere, just to explain it a little bit more and... I thought that was a little suspect, but I guess they were trying to avoid negative comments. Um, Now, that blog states that they have a record of every incident from all parkrun countries, and they reckon 10% of all of their incidents are to do with dogs. And unfortunately, now is the time they need to tighten up the guidelines. Now, I completely respect the fact that that number is way out of proportion. The number of incidents is out of proportion with the number of dogs running at parkrun, and they have to act really carefully to protect itself. But I just think hand leads are a bad solution. Mm. Having run with a waist harness, which is no longer going to be allowed, and having tried to run with a hand lead, I just, for me, it's definitely not going to work. 
Um, I don't really feel there's much point going on about all the ways waste harnesses are better and safer, because they are. Um, but, you know, it won't change anything. Uh, Parkrun will have had a shed load of knee-jerk, angry emails about this. I don't want to be one of those people. Sure, these new measures will reduce the number of incidents, but only because the number of dogs running will be reduced. I feel pretty certain it won't change the relative number of incidents to dog runners, but as the number of dog runners is unknown and unknowable, we can never really be sure of that. There are angry people out there, as there always is when change happens, and stupid threats of, ah, let's all turn up, they can't stop us. But you know what, I'm just not worried about that, because those loud people have no backing and no follow-through. It just won't happen. I do hope, as a result of this, more Canacross social runs do pop up at appropriate times and locations, because my main reaction to this is I'm just sad about it, because it really does fundamentally affect how I park run. I know that's, you know, taking it very personally, but it's, you know, that's how I park run. Because I can't run with William anymore at Parkrun, which is my absolute favourite thing to do. And I can't run with him on a hand lead. He won't run by my side. We've trained him to pull. We can't retrain him to run by my side. It's just not what he's going to do. Um, and it also means I can't even run with Holly at Parkrun anymore because one of us needs to stay with him and he's not a dog that we leave on his own because he's anxious and he's a rescue. And it also kind of means we can't even really go to the same park. So I, if Holly goes to run, I can't really hold on to William because he gets really, really excited because he loves it and he thinks he's going to run. And I wouldn't be able to kind of, it would be really difficult for me to walk him off somewhere else when everyone's running that way because he'll want to join in. So it makes park run for me a lot more complicated from now on, a lot more logistics. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, everyone who has any knowledge about running with dogs knows that running with a hand lead is not the solution at all and to some extent I feel like it's more dangerous because if your dog is in front of you there's sort of that barrier if your dog is beside you especially if it's a little dog or whatever and it's not in your eye line like if I was to run with Finley as a corgi and he was at the side of me like it's so much easier for someone to trip over I think that said I think if they if there's issues with dogs at park run rather than having this blanket they should be on a hand lead it should be a blanket they're not allowed at park run Mm. As much as I would love to run with my dog or whatever, if the issue, if Parkrun thinks this is a big enough issue, this is not going to solve it and this is going to cause issues. But also, not only issues anyway of people still tripping over whatever they're doing, but also there's issues in terms of with the dogs. If, you know, the dogs are being held on a hand lead by the collar, which is really unsafe for the dog, or for people, if you, you know, that's a lot more unsafe than having it um, on your belt. So that's one thing. It's what I think rather than sort of sit in the middle here, it should be a if they're going to do something about dogs, they want to have a ban on dogs. But most, I think the ideal solution would be to really reiterate individual park runs about to assess whether they should ban, rather than a blanket ban, leave it up to individual park runs, which they were doing, but really reassert that, that you know, encourage individual park runs to see, right, what sort of incidents are happening, blah, blah, blah. Because I can imagine it's also to do with the terrain, the amount of people, you mm -hmm. know, things like that. If there's someone who keeps turning up who's causing a danger with their dog, is there the option to say that person can no longer bring their dog anymore? You know, it might be the same person every week that has an out of control dog. You know, all those things. I think there should be more, because park run is so varied in terms of where it takes place, how many people turn up, especially when you're talking about park runs across the world, I don't think that's going to be a blanket ban doesn't seem appropriate in this situation. So yeah, I, cause there's some park runs where only sort of 30 people turn up. And mm -hmm. if there's if the field spread out, if it's certain terrain, I can't see the issues with dogs. If it's a park run like Grangemore, which I don't think, yeah, Grangemore do allow dogs actually. Yeah. Yeah. So Grangemore is always quite busy. It's on a sort of a single track. It's an out and back sort of situation. So there's always people passing you. I don't think personally at Grangemore there's enough space for a dog, you know? So it's things like that I think that need to be sorted out. I think it should they should really put the onus on individual park runs assessing whether their course and the, the attendance of their course makes it safe for dogs. I don't think a blanket ban is the answer. Yeah, um, I think if all dogs were banned from park run, I think in a way I'd understand that more. My mm. assumption is they've tried to compromise. They obviously, they don't want to ban dogs. You know, they are they are dog people at park run. And so I think this is their way of compromising to keep some dogs at Park Run as much as possible, but to continue to do it safely. Um, and as I've kind of heard on with me now, obviously you've talked about this a bit and have got more kind of Park Run experience rather than kind of our dog experience. And in a way, uh, running with the dog at Park Run is kind of a privilege we've had for a long time that perhaps we shouldn't have expected. Because mm. you look at 99% of, of 
races and other runs, they don't allow dogs. And that's fine. We don't ever argue about that. But the fact that there's all these park runs that we can has kind of been this wonderful thing that we've had and perhaps haven't quite appreciated. I mean, there are canacross events around, but you know what? They're expensive. Um, we've just done another one of these weird two-day events over the weekend, and it costs £36 to do two five-and-a-half-Ks. And this one was in Westonburg Arboretum. Lovely place, lovely race and all of that, but I had to pay to get into Westonburg Arboretum as well as a supporter. So that weekend cost us a lot of money to do two five-and-a-half-Ks. And also, most canacross events are off-road, naturally. So, like, flat, fast 5Ks an hour out of the window as well. So, yeah. you know, as I said, I don't want to... I'm not going to complain about it too much more than this it's just for me it just really affects how i park run it means i won't be able to park run as much from now on yeah i I just think it's worth reiterating the handheld lead thing is a really poor solution and i think that a lot of people who are involved in in canny cross and running with your dog and know all about the equipment and how that equipment should fit on your dog and all those sorts of things and should be attached to you would say that handheld leads are a really poor solution yeah yeah it would have been great to see someone like dog fit to come on board as a as a partner maybe yeah that'd be really yeah. again i i'm certain all these discussions will have happened in parkrun at some point but you know never mind what can we do anyway anyway on to our patreon so a huge thank you to the lovely people who give us money via patreon for an otherwise free podcast you can do that too if you want at patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and as is now traditional slash tedious here are the names of everyone who did that this month took me 10 minutes to do this and it's a masterpiece debbie hurley nikki genders rachel bentley matt jones kel Ryder, tim hughes jay penny simpson rich kime matt h victoria dick ian hales paul hibbert ian thompson lisa gibbon Liz Reese, James Lampert, Matt Caffin, Martin Kaplan, Brian Simpson, Hugh Phillips, Matt Lees, Sherry Grubbs, Maria Wicks, Charlie Neverson, David Irwin, Kirk Shepherd, Elizabeth Casman, Sam Whaley, Len Martin, Matt Garner, Ruth KP, Kat Everett, Karen Hamilton, Sophie Jacks, Gordy Thurwell, Victoria Julia Page, Angela Foster Swales, Chris Whitmore, Amanda E. Hernandez, Victoria Magnus, Carl Fleming, Matthew Ware, Drew Edwards, Bernadette McCarthy, Clark Gilmore, Jonathan Carter Stairfall, Ivor Hewitt, Gabrielle Thomas Nyer, Claire Dina, Dave Sinclair H, Elliot Line, Magma Hardy, Anthony Howe, Amanda Murray Hind, Colin Hill, Neil Denton, Jason Oh my God, Amy, amazing. You have genuinely outdone yourself. I tell you, we're yep. getting good at this. We are. That took me only like three takes. Wow, that's pretty good. I know, I know. I, I like those ones where you kind of just bang through them. You make mistakes. You're like, yeah, that's fine. Yep, exactly. I'm just like, whatever. Like, it's just about, I'm not going to make it perfect. <laughs> the one I did last week, there was like that one high note in there, which I knew I wanted to, I teed it up to make sure I sang dick on that high note because it's just funny. And yep. I missed it, obviously. And I thought, should I re-record that? Nah, that'll do. I love how this is like literally people is people giving us money every month and we're like, yeah, I couldn't be bothered, just did it in two takes, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's not the Who great cares? it's not a great message, is it? <laughs> oh, um, well, don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. You can also email runningisbull at gmail.com. Apologies if we don't reply, but we do read everything. First of all, an email about wind. Dear Stuart and Amy. Just finished listening to the great episode 79, Wind is Bullshit, and Stuart said, Wind is really funny. Hmm. I thought I'd share what happened to a mate who was out running in Potter's Bar, Hertfordshire. Brackets, he's not a listener, otherwise I'd have encouraged him to submit this himself. 
We don't like him already. Storm Franklin was giving its best on Sunday in the southeast. We'd already been battered by Eunice on Friday. He'd just done 30k in the howling wind and pouring rain, and as he was running past a block of flats that was front of the scaffolding, he heard it start to go. So he sprinted hard, and the whole lot crashed down right behind him, straight across the road, landing on top of a load of cars and blocking the road. No injuries, though. After a bit of traffic management, he finished off his run, brackets his marathon training, uh, by this time, he soaked the skin, but it's nice to get back to a warm house, isn't it? Not this time. His wife had decided to switch off the heating earlier. <laughs> a bit of kit that's not bullshit is clearly bone conductor headphones as he was able to hear the scaffolding falling. Thanks, Matt Jones. Jesus. That's terrifying, isn't it? You know what, though? Like The thing is, because I live in flats, and anyone who lives in flats at the moment is probably got scaffolding up because of um, the cladding issues. Yep. So there is a lot of scaffolding around at the moment, and I... Uh, during the storm, I nipped out. It was the day where we had the red warning and they were saying, like, stay at home, don't go out, blah, blah, blah. That's right. I really wanted some chocolate, so I went out to Morrison's. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but me and, me and Freya both went out and she's walking, like, because the normal route is right next to the scaffolding. I'm like, get away from the scaffolding! Because in my head, I was imagining it, none of it fell down, luckily, but I'm imagining it all falling down. And now I can say those fears aren't unfounded. Like, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but you did really want some chocolate, so I think that's, I yeah. think the Met Office do say that's okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was red stay at home unless you need some chocolate, in yeah. which case get over to Morrison's quick. That's understandable, yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Uh, my mum has also been in touch to remind us she doesn't run. Yeah, That's okay. okay. I don't really either. We know. Um, she said, so a great episode and some laugh out loud moments. Thanks, right. mum. <laughs> Running archetypes. I thought you might appreciate this one. So the doesn't actually run runner. So this runner listens to running is BS for humor and time wasting purposes. Reads about runs on social media, occasionally commenting on times with absolutely no idea what those times mean. Puts on trainers and does 100 yards while walking the dog and nods knowingly when people talk about run clubs, park runs and ultras. Looking forward to more BS as we travel Europe. And we look forward to hearing more about how you're not running. Yeah, lovely. We, we get it. <laughs> at Rachel Bullmore Hey says I kicked too hard last Monday at Krav Maga and injured my hip flexor that's kind of a weird humble brag now I can't run or do self defence for 10 days whilst recovering that is such BS as running and Krav Maga make my week worth it do, do you mean like self defence like a class not just like you're being attacked all the time like street fighter <laughs> or something like a multi-platform you know one of those games where they're constantly coming at you well I worry if she does get attacked I'm like, sorry I can't kick you back I'm yeah. actually, my hip flex is actually a little bad at the moment. Say, so I'm off for 10 days. I can't do self-defense. And the mugger will be like, oh, okay. I'll I'm pretty sure if you, if you spoke to someone at length about your martial arts, they'd probably be like, you know what? I just, it's not worth it. Just, yeah, just keep yeah, your yeah. phone. I don't care anymore. Yeah, I'm not bothered. <laughs> at Catherine Fenton says, still in the 2021 episodes at the moment. Come on, Catherine, hurry up. Was listening to it in the car yesterday and I forgot I had a toddler with me. He heard Amy's bullshit running news jingle. Luckily, he didn't repeat it. <laughs> Well, I mean, bullshit is literally the fifth word we say in every episode. It's not as if yeah. it's just the jingle where we swear. No, but the jingle really brings it home because it will be like a, you know, like a children's song. That and also, to be fair, you do make them so catchy and memorable. Yeah, exactly. It's like Bar Bar Black Sheep, you know, just going to be singing it at nursery all day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, at Heel Striker 954 says, Your latest episode got me through today's BS of Nats. This time of year in South Florida, they're everywhere. They get in your mouth, nose, ears and eyes. They stick to your sweaty face and body. So instead of getting them off, you just move them around. Fuck off, gnats. Now, I just can't help but think it's odd for an American to say gnats. I can't... Gnats. It doesn't... Goddamn gnats. It doesn't feel right for an American <laughs> no. to talk about gnats. Gnats feels like a very British thing. I was going to say, I didn't realise they called them gnats in America. I, yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was very British. <laughs> gnats. No, sorry. Americans, you can't have gnats. It's ours. It is. And we also had a tweet do pretty well this week. Um, what that means in real terms is that your notifications become a complete clusterfuck of bad jokes and badly translated banter. But we got a lot of engagement, though, so ha perhaps we should steal content from Reddit more often. I, I just mean, looked. that's what everyone does. <laughs> I just looked, and like between Twitter and Facebook, we got 250,000 impressions. And how many followers did we get? Like, uh, some. Okay. <laughs> But the problem is we didn't do a podcast after that because you had lost your fucking voice sitting in a jacuzzi. <laughs> oh, we lost the momentum. Yeah, definitely need to steal more content. Yeah. It's what all good journalists do. Now, on to one of my favourite topics, 
which is women's safety. Are you being safe? While you're listening to this podcast, make sure you've got one earphone out, just listening for potential murderers. Yeah, all the that's time. right. All women now, please pay attention. We're going to tell you what to do. Hold on, hold on. Let's just have a moment's silence. You can hear if anyone's following you. Okay, you're good. You're good. So I was scrolling through TikTok, as I like to do for approximately like six hours a day, and I came across this seemingly innocent video of a woman in Oxford just going through her daily routine, what she does in a day. And part of this routine, the first bit, was going for a run, quote unquote, in the dark, which was just early morning. It was probably about 6am. I can't remember if she says how early it was. But it was basically her saying like, oh, first thing I go for a run in the dark, you know, saying how early it is. Then I come home and have breakfast, blah, blah, blah. And this seems perfectly normal to me. Like when I used to do all my runs in the morning, I used to run in the dark all winter. I'd go for a run about 6.30 in the morning. It would be dark, you know, never be, seemed a big issue to me. Um, but then I looked at the comments on this on this video and pretty much everyone was talking about how dangerous it was for this woman to walk, run in the dark. Like everyone was saying, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't be running in the dark. One was saying about that, that poor woman who was killed in Ireland, which was in broad daylight. So in, in that sense, it doesn't really matter what fucking time of day you run, does it? Um, and then another one was saying how this woman shouldn't be disclosing, quote unquote, her outside location and routines. Like this was in Oxford, like somebody would know specifically where in Oxford she was. I mean, it was the dark. You couldn't see where she was running. <laughs> it just seemed like, well, no, no, I get this. I get that safety is a real concern for women. You know, I'm often facetious about it. And that's because I think there's a lot of hyperbole around women's safety, which doesn't help and is actually just making us scared to go out of the bloody house, which isn't a good thing. But at the same time, yes, there is violence against women. Um, yes, women are murdered. Yes, women are assaulted. Um, so yes, safety is a concern for women. I know a lot of women have it in the back of their head when they're out running. You know, even I do on a run in broad daylight if I'm in a secluded area. It's that little thought in the back of my head. It doesn't stop me from going out though. And I understand that some places are safer than others and um, we might perceive certain spaces as safer and so on. But realistically, I would say it's pretty safe to run in Oxford at 6am, you know? And the chances of something bad happening, of being assaulted or whatever, are pretty slim. And I, I see that for, you know, like I, I used to have a lot of thoughts. Because people would tell me, and this is why I'd have these thoughts. Like people would say when I was going out for a run, like, oh, you do that on your own. Oh, isn't it dark? Isn't it this? Isn't that? Now, I've been running in the same area for eight years, no, ten, almost 10 years now. And I have never had an incident happen. So, and believe it or not, <laughs> I used to run really regularly, really regularly, like six days a week. And I've never had any form of incident happen. And that's not to say it couldn't happen in future, but that's to say that it's really unlikely. It's really, really, really unlikely. Um, and I'm just sick of women living in fear. And the women who are leaving these comments as well, because they are, they, 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 they believe these things. They're not just trying to cause fear. They actually believe these things and think they're being help helpful. But it's just like they're sucked into and furthering this narrative that women need to be scared all the time to the point that they don't want to go out and do normal everyday things, you know? Yeah. I think you're probably more likely to be injured, you know, walking down your stairs to get ready for the run or crossing the road. But yeah. when you do those things, you take precautions. You know, you look both ways. You don't run down the stairs when you're half wearing a pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. And saying when you go for a run, you take appropriate precautions. And it yeah. seems to be when a woman is assaulted or sometimes worse, it seems to be one of the only things like that where we blame the victim for not being yeah. careful enough. If someone's yeah, exactly. hit by a car, you blame the driver and you blame other... It's very rare that you blame the person who's been hit by the car. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, for women you're more likely to be assaulted or, or even murdered by somebody you know, by the by your partner, by the person you're married to, all these things. For, for women, it's often the people they know that are going to cause that sort of harm. The chances of a completely random person coming out and assaulting you or, or harming you are so small, are so very, very small, to the point where it's not, although we do as women worry about it, it shouldn't stop you from doing things within, you know, obviously you know wherever you live, like relative levels of safety, but... You know, for most of us in the UK, in other places as well, for most of us, it's fairly safe, you know? Yeah, I think we obviously we don't want to downplay the seriousness of the incidents mm. that do happen. But I think it's because of that type of incident. It's it's really visceral. It's a really because mm. it's a thing that you've been taught to be scared of. And yeah. 
when it does happen, it makes you more scared. And because it's such a thing that someone is intentionally doing to you, it's not just like an accident. So I think that's why it perpetuates. Yeah, and and there's obviously certain things that I think we've we've spoken about this loads before on the podcast. Like, I always do certain things to make myself safe in certain ways, but it's always weighing up with my own quality of life, you know. So things like, um, so if I, for like this whole thing about advertising your location, all that, like the chances of somebody following your location and doing all that, and it's just. But if you're worried about that, make your Strava routes private, you know. Mm-hmm but still go out for your run. Don't, you know, it's things like that. You can do little things to make yourself feel safer or, or make yourself safer. But if it's impacting on your quality of life and stopping you from doing things, you know, it, I just think it's this really like bad narrative and that we should all just be scared and, and stay inside. And it's like, oh, go running with a, with your husband. And so I haven't got a fucking husband, you know, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> well with that attitude it's not gonna happen no I know, i'm never gonna get a man with that attitude but what am i supposed to take my fiance with me both of us double women double attacked i don't know <laughs> is that twice as dangerous or half as dangerous twi- twice as dangerous we need, we need two men to to even it out <laughs> three men hopefully <laughs> oh right serious thing now we need to move into silly things just take a second shake that off <laughs> there we go okay <clears throat> okay carry on That turned around microphone's really paying off now, isn't it? <laughs> now, you know what? We're going to completely contradict ourselves from that last uh, story <laughs> with this. I was sent this story from obligatory mention Liz, and I just saw in the URL the words terrified jogger speaks out after. And I thought, oh, fucking hell, here we go. This is going to be something depressing and horrible and terrible, like the kind of thing we've just been talking about. But it was not what I expected. The full headline was terrified jogger speaks out after owl attack. Quote, it tried to eat me. Amazing. (laughs) They put the quote in the headline, I love it. (laughs) Now, obviously, this sounds very funny, but as it turns out, this was a Eurasian eagle owl, and those bastards can have a six-foot wingspan. Jesus. (laughs) Hattie Atkinson-Smith was out running at 6am, dodgy, um, when she felt a hand on the back of her head. She turned around. It was an owl. She managed to turn and fight it off before sprinting to safety. She said she was running with her head down and headphones in, asking for it, wasn't taking in much around her when the attack happened. See, Amy, this is why women should be careful. She was asking for it. I mean, don't run, at, don't run at 6am with your headphones in if you don't want to get attacked by a giant owl. <laughs> exactly. This is what it's all been about. And apparently the owl, who's called Alfie... <laughs> I really try not to laugh during this. Uh, He's been loose in Norwich for a few weeks after having escaped from captivity. I bet he fucking did. Like he's vicious. (laughs) Like he, the best thing, the best thing about this article when I read it was that the runner said that she thought the bird may have mistaken her ponytail for a rodent. Oh, you might. I I mean, I don't know the state of your hair at the minute, Hattie, but you might need to give it a wash. I think just after the seriousness of the last piece, I'm just this is just killing me. <laughs> You're more like probably more likely to be attacked by a giant owl. In uh, this is this is yeah. such a potential Amy story, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, if this happened to me, I would be scared about. I don't like wildlife. And Do you remember about like ten years ago there was an eagle owl loose in um, Cardiff for a week or so as well? So oh this could god. have happened to you. Well, I didn't have long enough hair for it to be mistaken for a rodent, so I might be okay. Yeah, Maybe a bird's nest where it could prey on younger, smaller birds, but not a rodent. I would love to see this woman Strava. (laughs) I just wonder if there's like, if a heart rate just hit like 260 as soon as she she turned around. (laughs) Probably not the kind of thing I should ask, though. It's not asking random women for their Stravas. Yeah, probably not cool. (laughs) Don't give away your location. The owls everywhere. Owl for the owl. Oh, bless him. God, vicious though. Jeez, who keeps it? There's so many unanswered questions to this story. Anyway, we must move on. So moving on. And I can never remember whether we're supposed to love or hate stupid records, but here's another one. So David Ellerick ran a half marathon in two hours, 37 minutes and 54 seconds whilst wearing 90 t-shirts. And that smashed the old record of only 74 t-shirts. That's 74 t-shirts? Be weak space. attempt. Weak. When he was asked why he did this, Elric simply responded, I just wanted to make people laugh and smile. Aww. I had a look at the picture of him running it. It seemed real. And I'm, you know, understandably running in that many t-shirts would be uncomfortable. But the way his arms are like stuck out... <laughs> 
like that can't be comfortable at all. And if yeah. I, if you, I suppose if you fell, you'd just like there'd be cushioning. But I don't know. It just <laughs> just seems uncomfortable. Well, you know what? He made us laugh and smile. He did. He I did. feel there what, are easier ways to do it. You know what would make me laugh and smile more if he ran in ninety t-shirts while being chased by an owl. That would be funny. And onto ultra runners. The ultra runners are on the loose. Ultra runners, the running laps around your house. Ultra runners, the ultra runners are everywhere. They run for days and days and days and they don't care. So, ultra running legend Camille Heron has set a new 100-mile record for women, completing it in 12 hours, 41 minutes and 11 seconds. She also knocked out a 50-mile age category record and a 12-hour world record in her first race as a Masters runner. So, she averaged 7 minutes 37 per mile for nearly 13 hours. That's insane. I can't do that for 13 minutes. So <laughs> That is horrible. Yeah, I just had to add those those stats in there seven half minute miles for no. 13 hours I, I i can't even comprehend that i just really can't it's disgusting actually as we record uh barkley marathons is going on as well it is yeah I, I can't remember the last i saw was like there's i think it said there was five runners on loop three or something like it seems brutal. Yeah, i saw jasmine paris was it was on loop three doing pretty well mm, i believe it's yeah. uh, keith dunn is the guy you want to follow on twitter he's he's the guy with all the updates yes. That's yeah, who you yeah, want to yeah. follow. Mm-hmm. So uh, please send us more running news when you see it, especially if it's about owls. Uh, the changes to the Runner's World uh, website model means news is actually pretty hard to come by. Um, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Oh, oh or Runner's what, World. We... What will we even talk about? You know what? Last last podcast, I had to sign up to Runner's World in order to read like more than three articles. So oh, really? I've, actually, I've actually signed up to it now. Oh, yeah, I'm so yeah. sorry to hear that. I know. RIP my inbox. So, Stuart, what have you got coming up next? Um, Cross country, maybe. I binned off the last one because uh, the weather was bad. Not just because the weather was bad, because it was all, all in fucking Bristol as well. Oh, God. Uh, couldn't be bothered to go. Uh, not many other people wanted to go. So I might do cross country again. Maybe not. Uh, there's also, on the same day, there's a women-only fell race the same day, which ruins my kind of team getting to cross country. But I think it's a very, very good idea because I know lots mm-hmm. of women that love the idea of doing this fell run mm-hmm. uh, with no men around in tiny shorts. Yeah, I, I would love to do it too. Unfortunately, it's on Freya's birthday, so I don't think she really wants to stand out on the side of a fell at silly o'clock or whenever it is and get cold and wet. You booked a jacuzzi? No, that's the thing. That's another reason why I'm not going as well. Like, I'm not going anywhere without a jacuzzi. So, no, Fair we're enough. at home. We're at home. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm also going to place this weekend uh, that was recently described as among the most dismal landscapes in Europe. So, oh. And we're going there specifically for a run. So that should Where be nice. Where is it? Uh, the Cambrian Mountains. Oh. They, they look very nice but I think mm. it's because they've been overgrazed for years and years and years and now they've just been left and the only thing that grows there is gorse and basically nothing else I was assuming the most dismal landscape in Europe would be Lanzarote now I love Lanzarote for running but it's pretty dismal everything's dead see I thought it'd be Port Talbot but well yeah yeah exactly it's a very different reason but we're going there specifically because there's no sheep and it's, it's difficult wow. to find big open areas with no sheep that uh, the dog won't chase so Perfect. that's why we're going there yeah uh, how about you? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing for a bit. Um, looking for some more races to enter and probably not do. Uh, looking to do a few more trail races. But yeah, other than that, not much. I've, I've started building up some decent mileage, so carry on running. Hopefully go to the gym once I've completed Elden Ring. <laughs> we need suggestions for silly runs for Amy to do, please. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so anyway, um, before we finish and we do that end bit that no one actually listens to, we just want to say, of course, our solidarity and thoughts are with the people of Ukraine at the moment. We've intentionally kept away from it in this episode as we're just a silly running podcast and don't really have anything to say about it other than what you've been saying about it yourselves anyway. Um, we have made a donation to support the people affected by this and encourage you to do so as well if you are able. And so here's the bit that no one listens to. If you've enjoyed this bullshit, you can visit runningisbs.com and see the show notes, links from this episode, whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon merch store and social medias. Goodbye. Bye. I had a Twix. I was all right.